You're listening to a podcast of Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, where our mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. I want to just kick off uh, in a little word of prayer here. I ask God to, uh, to speak to us and to reveal His his, uh, his, his written word to us and open our hearts, and so I ask you guys to, to join me. Uh, Father, we come before you in a spirit of uh, just recognizing um, your role as, as being the giver of truth. Uh, we thank you that we have that truth in the form of your word, uh, and that we can read it and open our hearts and our minds uh, to you. So, Father, I pray that, that uh, we would put aside um, all of our conceived ideas or preconceived ideas of who we think you are, and just be obedient to your word. I pray that today as we talk about prayer that uh, our eyes would be opened as, as to what it means to be able to walk boldly into the throne room and offer our petitions to the king. And uh, that's just an incredible honor that we have, Father. So I pray we would not, um, we would not do that in a way that isn't honoring to you. Um, Father, so many times, you know, our, our hearts are, are very, uh, very self, self-centered. And so Allow us to, to, uh, to just learn what it means to pray in the name of your Son and, and open our eyes and our hearts. So, ask us in your name. Amen. Thanks for hanging with us uh, this morning. My name is Josh. If I don't know you, I'd love to get together and, and hang out and tell you a little bit about uh, Red Sea and, and what God is doing here in, uh, in our church. So, once again, like Royce, I thank you guys for braving the weather and, and uh, coming out, uh, which is, I mean, it was kind of funny because where we live, we're probably, I don't know. What, what do you think sea level is here, like 30 feet above sea level? I mean, we're probably pretty close to the, to the, to the ocean. We probably live about 500 feet, and, and so we're up, we're up on a hill, and so it was just like snowing. I mean, like true, like just coming down, big snowflakes. And I, I woke up, and I looked out the window, and I'm like, crap, there's, nobody's going to come to church. Like, it's just going to be me and Royce and, you know, probably Brian and Katie, because they can walk over here. Um, and, uh, and then as, as we got down and got on Marine Drive, it was like this nice slushy mess. I'm like, sweet. As much so. so thank you guys for, uh, for hanging with us. So we're going through a titled Prayer, and we're talking about uh, the different ways to pray. Last week, we did the Lord's Prayer, and Royce walked us through that. We're going to be talking about praying in Jesus' name and uh, what that means. Today, next week, we're going to do, how, how do we pr- what do we do with unanswered prayers? Because I think that's something that we've all had to deal with. And then on the 29th, when we do our family gathering that Royce was talking about, we're going to do a corporate prayer. So that'll be a really cool time to come together as a family and with our kids and practice a lot of the stuff that, that we've been doing and, and uh, spend some time in, in corporate prayer. So today we're going to be looking in John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14. Uh, and if you have in your bulletin, you can write that down. The, the scripture's not in there, but we're going to have it up on the screen. So if you don't have a Bible, um, no big deal. If you do, I, I invite you guys to open it up to John 14, verse 13. And then the other verse that we may get to hit is going to be John 15, 16, but for the sake of time, uh, I don't know if we will, but write down John 15, 16. Uh, it's going to be a, another really clear example of how Jesus teaches us to pray, and it's kind of in the same context what we're going to be talking about. So, uh, and then I would invite you guys to stand uh, in honor of the Word and, and uh, as we read, read these scriptures. John chapter 14 here, Jesus is talking to his disciples, verse 13. He says, whoever you ask, or whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, 
that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. You guys have a seat. I think that's probably one of the the most misused verses of Scripture in in evangelicalism today. Um, I've been a part of churches that have that have used that verse to justify everything they wanted to do in their agenda. You guys have experienced that? Um, because ultimately, like, we read it, and, and, you know, if you were taking it out of context, you open up your Bible, and you read, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. You're like, sweet, new car. You know, God, make, make everything work out. All the stuff that I've just messed up, like, okay, God, I need you to do this, I need you to do this, and I need you to do this. But that's not what he's talking about here in this passage. I remember even um, when, I was, when I was studying, I remember watching some videos. A guy had put together uh, some videos of prosperity gospel preachers preaching on, on this verse. And, and he had gone around and he had actually recorded them at their churches, different pastors preaching. And, and uh, I remember watching this video and one of the pastors was talking about, they used that verse to say that you could control the weather. And so they were saying, you know, you, we have the, and they were showing, they were using really bad, out of context, Old Testament, you know, passages, uh, and using this verse to say that you could actually control the weather. And, uh, and the, the pastor was, was preaching, and, and she was saying that she was at a, uh, she was at the beach, she was in a condo, and she's sitting out on her condo balcony, and she was looking out over the water, and it's this beautiful sunset, waves crashing, it was just awesome vacation. And uh, all of a sudden, a, um, so called a water spout began to form. Clouds came in. It's weird, I know. So clouds came in, and a water spout began to form, and, and, and it began to come down, which is like a tornado over the, over the ocean. And she was so bummed that it had interrupted her view and that she was going to have to deal with it. And so this was, this was obviously a, a southern church. And, and so she's preaching, and she was, like, she was like, so in the name of Jesus, I claim that that cyclone, get on back up in that cloud. She said, so get on back up there. And she said, and that cyclone just backed itself right up back up into the cloud. And I'm just like, ah, you know, I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, you know, and but they were taking that scripture and using it out of context for their personal edification and, and for, and for their glory. And so right out of the bat, I just want to say that that's not what this is talking about. Uh, God's word and prayer is not a celestial vending machine. You know, it's not like putting in the, putting in the little prayer tokens and just saying, okay, God, this is what I need. This is what I need. This is what I need. That's not what we're dealing with, with, dealing with here. So we need to look in context real quick of what's going on with the disciples. What is Jesus calling, calling them to do? And so at the beginning of chapter 14 here, he's, he's going to tell them. He, this is leading up to him dying on the cross. They're, they're, they're in Jerusalem here. And, and so he tells them in verse 3, he says, I will come again and will take you to myself there where I am, you may be also. And they don't really understand what he's talking about. I mean, he's told them this so many times that, that he's come for a purpose and that he's going to die to be the atonement for sin. And he's going to go be with the Father. And, and, so, and so Thomas is like, Lord, um, I don't know where you're going. You know, uh, how, can, how can we know the way? And, and so then Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then, and then Philip ch- t- chimes in there and he says, Lord, so, so will you show us the Father? And so Thomas doesn't understand where they're going, and Philip doesn't understand who Jesus is. And so Jesus' response to, to Philip, he says, if, who, if you have known me, you have known the Father. In the uh, second half of nine, whoever has seen, has seen the Father, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And then 11, he says, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And so taking that into context, he tells them that he's going to be going 
that if they know him, then they know the Father. He says in 12, truly, whoever believes that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. So because of that, in light of that, whatever you ask in my this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So those greater things that he talks about there, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to think about. I mean, we could read that and say, well, the disciples, look at the great things that Jesus did while he was here. And he's telling them that they're going to be able to do greater things. Well, the greater thing that he's talking about there is what Christ is about to do in going to the cross. That greater work is the culmination of God's plan in redeeming mankind and sending his son as a sacrifice to pay for our sin. And in light of that, in light of that great work that God did in redeeming us, we now have this incredible power that comes out of that. We have this incredible opportunity because of what Jesus did to go and proclaim the name, to go and tell people about that, to go and tell people that Jesus died for their sin and they have been reconciled back, back to their Father. And so when we pray, we have to keep that, keep that in mind, that that's what he was talking about when he says, can I, I, you, can, you can go and do these great things and anything you will ask in my name, you will be able to do only because of what I did in the Father. And so that's, our, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about here today. And so uh, there's actually points in this message, and I know it's a surprise to you. I've probably never done points, uh, but we have a three-point message. So if you guys have a pen, um, uh, point number one is going to be, we pray in Jesus' name to proclaim his worthiness. A lot of writing going on. We pray in Jesus' name to proclaim his worthiness. Now, I think when we claim the name of Jesus in our prayers, when we started off that way, and, and I don't even know if you guys start off your prayer in Jesus' name, I'm I'm. I'm one of these guys, I tend to end it in Jesus' name. And, uh, and the, the book that Royce was talking about, Praying Backwards, was very eye-opening for me because I think in the past I've used Jesus' name as a nice conclusion in prayer. And I'm sure I was taught at some point, having been raised in the church, there's a really good reason why I, why I do that. Why do I use the name of Jesus at the, end of my, uh, at the end of my prayer? But I don't think I ever did it for the right reason. And so, not saying that it's bad to end your prayer in Jesus' name, but, but what does that mean? One thing that it means when we claim the name of Jesus in our prayers, we are just acknowledging and proclaiming his worthiness and our unworthiness. And that's a really cool context to begin to start praying in, right? Just when you start with that premise, automatically, when you enter into prayer realizing what God has done for you, it'll almost make you pray completely differently because 99% of the times when we pray, if you wanted to, um, I guess the basic idea behind a lot of our prayers is God allow everything to work out in a way that's best for me. So, I mean, if you stop and you, and you started writing down your prayers and you went back and looked, a lot of our prayers are God allow everything to work out in what's best for me. And so that's, that's a, a very poor and healthy way to pray, which is the reason we're walking, we're walking through this. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is very similar to this. How does the Lord's Prayer start out? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And it puts everything else in the context. Say, God, I'm going I'm to hallowed your name. What does that mean? What does it mean to, to recognize the work that, that God has done? There's a couple passages of Scripture here you can write down. Ephesians 1, 7. It says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin, and according with the riches of God's grace. And then another one, uh, Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
That's, that's the context of prayer. Like when we, when we enter into prayer claiming the name of Jesus, we automatically say, God, I remember what you did. I remember the, the, the sacrifice that you paid for my sins. And the cool thing is, not only did he pay the sacrifice for our sin, not only was he the sacrificial lamb for all the, the crap that I've ever done, for all the times that I've flipped off God and, and I've just rebelled against him, not only that, Romans 8.34 says, now, God, now Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of God and works as our intercessor. That's friggin' sweet! I mean, come on, like, like God, the creator of the universe, the sovereign being that is, that is beyond all time and comprehension, now I can walk boldly into the throne room of God and present my request to the king? That's, that's revolutionary for me, and, and I don't pray like that. Like, I, don't, I, just, I just realize that, that I, I, don't, I don't think about that when... When I pray, and, and a mental image of that is that imagine that you're a peasant, like living out in the, in the, in the, in the village, and you're, you're a blacksmith, and, and you would never, like, walk into the throne room, right? I mean, you, you wouldn't get past the, the first set of guards. And, but because of what Jesus said, we not only can walk right, right into the throne room, but we can boldly approach the king. Because when God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin, he sees the Son. He sees the face of Jesus Christ. Because God is, is pure, right, and holy. We spent a lot of time talking about that when we did the story of God. And we talked about how God is, is a perfect being. And how we can't, we can't just walk right, into his, right into, up to his throne room. We can't go directly to him because we have this sinful, we have this brokenness. So God prepared a way that we could come to him through his son, Jesus Christ. So now I, I get to boldly approach the king in my prayers and know that, that, the, that my petitions are being heard and that, and that he is going to begin to, to work. Um, and I think a lot of this, we need to just t- talk a little bit about the role that, that Jesus ha- has with God uh, because a lot of times we, we don't think about that um, in our prayers. Um, we know that... that um, despite our sin, our faults, and our weaknesses, that we can enter, enter the Heavenly Father's throne room of grace on the basis of Christ's merit and His willingness to identify with us. So we, we pray in the name of Jesus in praise of Christ's sacrifice and in recognition that our union with Him alone gives us privilege, access to the Father. So we get to walk right into to the throne room because Jesus Himself is the revelation of God. That's John 14 Fourteen nine. We know that, that, that when God looks at us, he, he sees the face of Jesus. And so to see the Son for who He really is, to see Jesus for who He really is, simultaneously we have to, we have to see, um, to see the Son for who He really is, it's simultaneous that we see the Father in Him. That's what it means to see, to see, to see Jesus for who He really is. He's God incarnate. He's Emmanuel, God with us. It, it's, it's the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Man, to think about that when I claim the name, the name of Jesus. So it's, it's, an, it's profoundly important to see that recognizing Jesus for who he really is, which is the image of God the Father, involves a simultaneous recognition of who the Father really is, the one revealed to us in Jesus Christ. I mean, that's just a, a beautiful picture. And, and kind of a point I wanted to make as I was sitting through this and I was, I was really chewing on that concept and a lot of it has come out of that, that book, Praying Backwards, that, that Royce uh, recommended. I think in Portland, uh, we like to, a lot of people like to choose one or the other. They like to choose God or they'll choose Jesus. 
And so it's important to make the point that, that you can't know Jesus without knowing God, and you can't know God without knowing Jesus. And this isn't semantics, because there are plenty of religions that believe that there's multiple ways to get to God, right? The ultimate goal is, is God, you know, is Allah, and there's multiple paths that may lead to that. That's not what the Bible teaches, and that's not what we believe here. Jesus himself said that the, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said that the road that leads to God is a narrow path, and it's me. I am the only way that you can get here. And so you guys are constantly going to be living in a culture that doesn't believe that, that doesn't believe that there's one way to know the Father, and that's through the Son, Jesus Christ. In the same way, we also interact with a lot of people that believe that, that the most important thing is just to be Christ-like. If we can just look like Christ, then that's the, that's the ultimate goal in life. And so this is kind of the social gospel that's very, very popular in Portland. Um, to, to live a life that looks, that looks like Christ. And that's not it either. It's not about just looking like Christ. Because then you're not talking about what he did. You're not talking about redemption and being fallen and being reconciled back to God. So it's important for both of those. So we live in this culture between these two extremes, I think, that say there's a lot of different ways to get to God. And then that say, uh, all you have to do is just look like Christ, and then you're there. And it's not that. It's about, it's about knowing the plan that God had and sending his son and believing that he died for our sins. That's how we come and we come into the throne room and... And that's how we, we know God. So this is why it's so important for us as believers to engage in our culture. That's one of our, one of our mission statements is just to deploy the culture, to go in and to redeem all of this, this, this you know, crap that has, been, that has been taken the wrong way. And so that's why we encourage you guys to go and be a part of what's going on in the community. Like go to the, go to the community sharing programs. Go to the to, to the feed the homeless. Like, as a church ourselves, we don't, we, don't, we don't offer a whole lot because there's not, like, there's a lack of things to do out there because it's Portland, you know? I mean, there's just, there's just a ton of stuff. We're constantly getting emails as a church inviting us to all the things that are coming up. Uh, there's a, um, a big downtown cleanup day that's going to be coming up in St. John's. And so we're going to be equipping them with tools and rakes and shovels and all this stuff. And it's this incredible way to immerse yourself in serving the community and doing something that's really good, but doing it for the right reasons. Doing it to go in and build those relationships and serve the community in order to tell people about Christ and about who He is. So I just want to encourage you guys to to engross yourself in that. So when we start off praying in Jesus' name, automatically by doing that, we're understanding the role that Jesus plays in our relationship with God, right? And, uh, and just acknowledging his worthiness. Uh, second point, the second reason we pray in Jesus' name is because there is power in the name of the Lord, right? I mean, there's just some friggin' cool stuff that we've seen that God has done when we pray in his name. When you look at Scripture, there's just tons of Old Testament examples and New Testament examples of, uh, of what of what Jesus has done or what, what, what people have been able to do in the name of the Lord. And a couple of them are uh, Abraham, when he claims the promised land, he claims it in the name of the Lord, right? Um, we know that when God's people in the Old Testament would go forth in battle, which happened a lot, they went forward and they battled other armies in the name of the Lord. And you remember these stories of what happened? Like they didn't have to fight half the time. 
God just did these amazing works because of the name and, and his power. We knew that the priests minister in the name of the Lord. The prophets, they spoke in the name of the Lord. David fights Goliath in the name of the Lord. And then Jesus comes in the name of the Lord. And then we see in the New Testament, demons are cast out, right, in the name of the Lord. And we see miracles performed in the name of the Lord. And then we see the church established in the name of the Lord. That's powerful things. That uh, the demons cast out remembered me, reminded me of something I was going to say earlier. Uh, do you guys remember the story in, I think it's Acts 19, where, um, where some, uh, some people hear about the power that's in the name of the Lord. They hear about all the things that are done, and so they try to use it in the wrong way. Anybody remember that story? We've got to read it. It's just a funny story. Uh, Acts 19, 13 through 16. I just want to, just a quick example of how not to do this. Acts 19, 13 through 16, it says, uh, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, they undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the name of Jesus, whom Paul proclaims. Because they had seen Paul do it, it's like, man, we can do it in the name of Jesus. And so there were seven sons of Jewish high priests named Siva, and they were doing this. They were going out and proclaiming, they were trying to do exorcisms in the name of Jesus so they did it to this one evil spirit, and it says in 15, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit, he leapt on them. He mastered all of them, overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Wow. You know, and that, that's a, a really clear example in Scripture of people that tried to abuse the name, of the name of the Lord because they saw that there was power. They saw that people were being raised from the dead and demons were, were being cast out. That same power that was available then to the disciples, we now have today because of what Jesus did. So when we pray in his name, we're claiming that power to be done in our lives and in, and in our circumstances how that tangibly most works out is through the working of the Holy Spirit. That's the role the Holy Spirit does because the main goal of the Holy Spirit is to further the kingdom of God. So just by claiming the name of Jesus, we are, we are really just enacting the power of the Holy Spirit to do what God has placed him here to do, to further his kingdom. So then we have this incredible power that's available to work and to move. Remember the power of the Holy Spirit in the beginning? Remember in creation when it was hovering over the face of the waters? That same Spirit is still here and alive today and working. Later on when we get to Acts, we're going to see the Spirit of God when it comes on the disciples actually shake the room and vibrate violently move the place, and then the disciples are going to go out. They're going to do this beautiful, incredible work that's, that is going to forever change humanity by sharing the message of Jesus Christ. We have that today, but why do we, why do we not see it? You know? And I wonder if it's because we're just praying very self-centeredly. You know, I wonder if it's just because we're not bold enough to claim the name of Jesus. We're not bold enough to say, God, whatever you want here. Instead, we say, okay, God, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this in your name. And that's not what it's all about. That's not what, that's not what praying is. Uh, me and Jamie have really been uh, having, I would say, a difficult process of buying a home out here in St. John's. It, it hasn't been, been a, a real easy process, and I don't know <laughs> what we thought it would be, it's buying a home. Um, and, uh, and so the first, the first few homes that we tried to buy were just like, that, they, we just thought they were perfect. You know, in, in every way, it met all our criteria. It, it was what we thought that God wanted for us. 
And so we made offers on homes, and, and, and they just kept crashing and falling through. And we told you guys the story of that. And we were just like, man, I was so sure of that. You know, like I was so sure that's what God, that's what God wanted for me. And so we learned to stop saying that, I guess in this, with our house, that we knew what God wanted. Like we knew that, we believed that he wanted us to live out in St. John's. You know, we believed that this was his plan for us. And so we just said, hey, instead of us saying that, you know, like, let's just say, God, I believe that you want us here. Uh, and whatever you choose to give us, that's what, that's what we, we, we would like, Father. So what, whatever you want for us. And so we began the process with a different mindset of, of, uh, of looking at homes and saying, you know, God, I believe that, that, that this is something that you can do, that, that you can work in. And, and I just began to have faith in him. And so we, we offered on a home last week. I made an offer, and it took a really long time to, to hear back from them, which was good for us, because we were like, don't be anxious, you know, don't be anxious, just, just trust in God, and, and so it came back on Saturday, they accepted our offer on the home, which we were just elated, you know, to, to get your asking price, you know, is was, was awesome, but they countered uh, not paying all the closing costs, and that was a big deal for us, because closing costs can be a lot of money, you know, to, to buy a home, and, and we just didn't have, in all reality, we just didn't have the closing costs, and and so when they came back and they countered with not paying all the closing costs, um, you know, uh, we just said, you know what, that's okay. You know what, God, if, if this isn't what you want, that's completely cool with us, Father, because I, I just trust in you. And so, and so I got home yesterday afternoon, and, and uh, me and Jamie, uh, we were just crunching numbers, you know, and doing the spreadsheet thing and, and trying to make a wise decision. And, and, uh, and uh, it really, it just wasn't working out. Like, we just, in all reality, we didn't have the money for the, for the down payment. And it was so good for us to say, you know what, God, that's, that's okay. You know, I, I trust in you. And I remember uh, we prayed about it and we talked about it. And, and I remember we just had a spirit of, of, of just trusting God. And I laid down on the bed. I was so tired. I just finished with, with the, the training that, that Royce does at CB. And so I just laid down on the bed and I fell asleep. Um, and I woke up like an hour later to Jamie's hand on my leg. And she's got tears in her eyes. And, and she's like, um, she's like the, the closing company's going to pay for all the, all, the, all the fees. And I'm like, what? I'm like, that, that doesn't make sense to me because it's their fees. Like that's how they survive as a company is by, paying, is by paying these fees. And they're paying the biggest portion of everything. And we were just blown away. And so I, I, I don't know what that means exactly. I don't know why. I'm sure there's probably really good reasons and, and, and why they're, they're willing to do that. But it was, it was that moment in saying, hey, God, you know, I trust that this is not bigger than you and that, and that you can do this. And so now we get to continue to move forward with that process. And so, um, and so this week we, ha- we get to do the inspection and the appraisal and it could still fall through, you know, like it could. And, and we're okay with that because we're trusting God, believing that there's power in his name and believing that, that we're following him and wanting his will to be done above, uh, above anything that we may want or think or, de- or, or desire. Uh, and so it's been a really cool journey of, um, of walking with him and, and just trying to be obedient to what he's, what he's calling us uh, calling us to do. And so that, that, I just want to encourage you guys that, that that power is there. We just assume that it isn't. And we make choices based off of, off of our own abilities and what we think we can do. And, and then I think you guys as following Christ, can't you look back on your past and see where God has shown up? You know, and, and maybe the most in, insignificant things, God just shows up and, and, and he just works and we just know that he's alive and that he's active and that he's working all things together for the good of those who, uh, who love him and are called.
those purposes, Father. It's your purposes. You're going to work all, this, all, the, all the details out. Um, one of the other challenges that me and Jamie are having to deal with right now, and, and I know I'm, I'm talking a lot about us, but, but um, we're having to decide what school to put our kids in. Have you guys had to, you know, make that, that decision? Like, and all of, like, the schools vary. <laughs> Cayman, yeah, Garrett, got that problem. Um, sorry. <laughs> it's my world, I'm sorry. You can preach, it'll be different. Um, and, uh, and so we're having to decide what school, and in, in North Portland, schools radically are very different, right? I mean, according to the neighborhood, uh, and so the, the home that our, the school that our home in, is in does not get good reviews, uh, it does not pass uh, No Child Left Behind testing. You know, it doesn't do any of those things. And so our automatic response, and I'm saying this for me and Jamie, our automatic response was, okay, let's lottery into a better school. Like, that's how we think. Lottery into a better school. And, uh, and so Jamie put out a, a post on Facebook, I think she said, and she said, hey, you know, we're, we're considering doing the lottery. What do you guys recommend? And, and we had some recommendations. And uh, it was Lori De Palma. Is it Lori? Lori, Lori messages separately and I don't, she, she may not appreciate me telling you guys, but she, mess, she messaged us uh, separately and said, um, and she said, would you just consider the idea of, of just putting your kids in the, in the school where God has placed you and trusting him that he can work in that situation? And, and I was like, man, thank you for that. Because I never even considered that, right? I never considered the power of God could be more influential than the culture of the school that my kid's going to be in. You know, because automatically, right off the bat, and I'm not opposed to, to lottering, don't, don't hear me wrong. Like, I'm not opposed to, at some point, doing what you need to in order to, to provi- provide an environment for your child to grow and learn. But why is that our automatic first response? You know, why do we not step out in faith and in trust in God that, that my child can get a good education through the power of the Holy Spirit in a difficult school in the area that God has called me to be missional in? That's just not how I naturally think. So, so we're just having to swim through that and saying, wow, like, am, am I action showing that I believe in the power of God to work in, to work in my life? So it's been a, been a really good stretching challenge for, challenge for us, and I just want to encourage you guys in, in the same way. So, so we pray because there's, we want to glorify God. We want to put into context our prayers, understanding our worth, unworthiness, His worthiness. Second reason we pray is because we believe there's power there. There's a working of the Holy Spirit. And the, second, the third reason we pray is because ultimately we want God to be glorified. We pray in the name of Jesus because we want His will to be glorified above all other things. And once again, when, when you think about your prayers, is that the end result of your prayer? Is that God's will would be glorified? It's probably not. Um, my, uh, my kids again. My kids um, pray at dinner time. Uh, that's just, we, we're not a big lunch, we're not a big lunch praying family, but we pray at dinner time, which I know is funny. Um, we, we, all, we, we, we pray at dinner time, and, and, uh, and my kids' prayers are always really entertaining because you never really know what they're going to say. Um, Madison's really, really quick, short to the point, you know, like, thank you God for this food, let's eat. Um, Natalie, she's a rambler. I mean, she will, she will just go on and on and on of, of, uh, of whatever pops into her mind, man, she's praying about. And the funny thing is a lot of times it's very self-centered prayers. You know, like, thank you God for my, I, I appreciate her being thankful, I'm not criticizing, but, you know, thank you God for my princess slippers and, and thank you God for, uh, my, uh, my, my tiara and, and, uh, and thank you God for JJ jumps because I want to go back there soon. And like she'll, all of these things that, that she wants, that she desires, she'll pray for it. And so we laugh about it like, oh yeah, that's how a child prays. But then when we start to examine our prayer life, we're like, oh man. You know, like really that's what it winds up being half the time. 
is, is, is God, I need these things. And so I need you to, to work out, to work out um, all these things. So the, the bottom line of most of our prayers would essentially be, I said this earlier, that things in our lives would work out in a way that is best for us. So if we really looked at our prayers and began to pray in the name of Jesus, I bet we would pray differently. And one of the exercises that, uh, that, that, that Royce talked about with the book is to just start your prayers in Jesus' name. And if you started your prayers that way, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't you pray differently? So it's a really good exercise. It's not magical in and of itself, but it puts in the context and allows us to focus our hearts and our minds on God and on His will because ultimately that's what we want. And I truly believe that, that God does want to answer our prayers. He does. You know, He does want to give us the desires of our heart, but He wants our heart's desire to be lined up with His desires. That's the most important thing. And so, God, I pray in your name that, that, that your heart and my heart, Father, that we would just be in line with one another and we would just be, we would just be walking with one another instead of me just, just focusing on myself. So I just wanted to read a quote from that book real quick. It's been just really encouraging for me this week. It says, In putting Jesus' name first, we move our desires to the rear and place his in the front of our affections. We offer our prayers with confidence, not in our wisdom, but in his with priority, not on our confused desires, but on his perfect will. Not for the glory of our name, but in Jesus' name. From this, from that mindset, he will give us the desires of our heart because our heart's greatest joy will be for his will to be done. Man, that's, that's killer praying. That God, man, just line up my heart with yours, Father. And, and when I walk with you and, and I, my heart's in line with yours because I recognize what you've done, then you will fulfill the, the desires of my heart, Father. You will prepare a, a way for us to, uh, to walk. So I, I want to do that, guys. I can't say that I do that, you know? And, that, and, that, and that's what I want. Um, I've been kind of joking around about my, my New Year's resolution this year because I have two. And this is the first time I've preached, so it's the first time I get to talk about New Year's resolutions. So I have two New Year's resolutions. The first one is to start running when the weather turns warm and sunny. And the, it doesn't have to be done right now. It's just the resolutions. I have to do it at some point. Um, in all honesty, like that's, that's it. Uh, and the second one is I really want to fall in love with God all over again. Like, I just want to fall in love with him this year. And, and I want to get up, get my lazy butt out of bed in the morning and just go sit with the Father. And I want to hear from him. And I want to know his heart so that we will get to, to walk together. And when, when I do that, all these other things that I'm constantly spending all my time praying about and desiring and coveting, man, it just works out, right? And God just starts to, to, to work out this beautiful path. Because the, the reality is, I don't always know exactly what God wants me to do, Right? I mean, I know from Scripture the things I ought to do, and I know the things he's telling, but there's some, there's some details that we're not always clear on. And, and some of you guys, like, I've, I've talked with, and, and you're like, God wants me to do this, and it's very clear. And I'm like, man, that's cool that you just, like, hear God like that. Like, it's audible. Like, he just speaks to you, and you know what he, he does. Man, with me, and we were talking about this with a group of guys the other day, I think God just wants us to say, okay, God, I know I want you to do, I know you want me to do something. I'm not sure what it is, so I'm just going to start walking in faith, and I'm going to start taking steps and believe that you're going to reveal myself and you're going to reveal your will because I'm very limited in my wisdom. You are a, a perfect God. You know, you, I don't know your ways. So I'm just going to walk with you and believe that you're going to reveal yourself as, a, as I obediently just go down, go down this road um, 
go down this road with him together. So that, that's what my challenge to you guys is, is as you go and you begin to pray this week, begin to think about what your prayers are. And, and don't be ashamed to call on the name of Jesus in your prayers because there's power there. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit next week. We're going to talk about what do we do when prayers are unanswered. Uh, and I've been going through a situation with a friend of mine where at the, for as of right now, the prayers are unanswered. We have been boldly proclaiming Jesus' name, but we've been proclaiming God's will in this circumstance. And God's will, God's will. And we've been, man, just crying together and, and asking God to come in and, and work. And, and, uh, and ultimately, we've been saying, hey, God, whatever you want. And last night, he called me, and it was the worst it had ever been. And, and, and we, were, we were talking through this circumstance, and, and it, was just, it was just really awful. Uh, and so we just prayed God's, God's name, and we prayed his will. And then there was just so much comfort that came along with that. You know, Jesus, when you, if you want to continue to study in chapter 14 here, he's going to talk about the helper. He's going to talk about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit brings peace. Because we know that, that no matter what happens, God's there working, at, working all things out for his, for his glory. Uh, so on your, on your handout, you have some discussion questions that, that uh, if you guys could take that home and do that this week. And then let's continue to walk through this journey of just, of just praying and, and learning what, that, what that's like. Because as a church, we wanted to start out right this year. You know, we could start off kicking off a bunch of programs, and we could start off with trying to introduce some new ministries to get excited about, but we wanted to start with prayer. And we wanted to start with knowing God and then believing that out of that, all things will, will work out. So I'm going to invite Macker and Brian to come back up here, and they're gonna, they're gonna, we're going to spend some more time worshiping. Invite you guys to come to the tables and to, to just embrace the reality of what this means to be able to come to God to be able to be forgiven, to, to recognize the work that, that Christ has done on the cross. I mean, this is a beautiful picture of what it means to be redeemed and, and what it means to, to walk with God. So we're going we're gonna to take our offering. We're going to take the Lord's Supper. And then, man, we're just going to pray and we're going to worship and, and proclaim the name of Jesus. So let's pray in Jesus' name right now for his power and for his working in our life. And then let's take communion as a family. And, and then we'll go out of this place. And, and begin to offer our petitions and, and recognize God for who he is. So join me. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. In the name of your son, in the name of Jesus, we can, we can come before you, God. I'm so grateful to be able to do that. Thank you for the beautiful plan that you had in redeeming uh, me, Father. I look at my life and my sin, and I just see so many times when I've rebelled against you, God. And, and I, I, I am so grateful that you have redeemed me, Father. So... I recognize your worthiness, Father. I, I recognize the, 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 uh, the role that you have as the creator and sustainer of all things. We come together just as, your, as your people, uh, just proclaiming you, Father. And, and Father, we ask in the name of your Son for, for uh, our hearts to be lined up with your hearts. Lord God, change us. Uh, make us a new creation for you. Father, give us a hunger and a for righteousness and for your word. Father, we, uh, we ask that, that I be attentive of the working of your Holy Spirit. As we begin to look around and we, and we see this beautiful, complex plan that you have and, and seeing you working, Father, I pray we just find encouragement in times of difficulty and in, and in sorrow of, of just trusting the, uh, the creator of all things and trusting you with, with all, of, all of life, Father. So we ask that your name be glorified above all things. We ask that your will be done above all things, Father. Not my will, but yours be done. That's, that was Jesus' prayer. And I pray it would be the prayer of our hearts. And 
and the prayer of our lives, that, that we would be encouraged through your word and through prayer. So, Father, we lift up our prayers to you and trust of what you're going to do and how you're working. God, thank you for that. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please go to our website at www.redseachurch.org. If you would like to contact Red Sea, you can email us at info at redseachurch.org.